Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Hayden Hilton. Hayden is a 26-year-old owner and founder of Java Cats Cafe, Georgia's first cat cafe located in the heart of Atlanta. Though Hilton's degree and career path was slated for the film industry, it came to no surprise to friends and family when she decided to drop everything to open a business revolving around one of her favorite things. Cats. What a surprise. Hayden, that's my favorite thing, too. Facing many hurdles in order to open her business, enjoys encouraging other entrepreneurs to start out on their journeys, as well as giving advice about being a young female business owner in a male-dominated society. With adoption numbers doubling the partner shelter's rate, Java Cats has been a huge success for cat adoptions and has an established following all across the United States and several countries in the world. Hilton's focus is to give back to the community, which her cafe does by selling food items that support a nonprofit employing the Atlanta homeless, helping cats, as well as being a positive influence on social media platforms. Hayden, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So a 26-year-old had an idea. Do you want to tell me how you first got interested with your passion for cats and then maybe also how you got interested in the concept of opening up a cat cafe? Yeah. So I've always been involved in, um, you know, animal rescue. Uh, growing up, we were the animal house. If someone found a bird or a cat or some injured dog, we would, you know, we'd always take it in. My family would take it in and we would nurse them back to health. So I think it's just always been in my blood just to be very caring towards animals. And I just, I I just, I just love animals. And I think the passion for cats probably started when we moved to Atlanta and my parents' neighbors, they live on some acreage and the neighbors moved away and they left all their barn cats behind. So the barn cats migrated over to our house and we spent about a year trapping, neutering and releasing back out um, into the woods and they just ended up hanging around our house. So we had all these cats that were fix and they just wanted a place to place to hang out and place to get food. And we ended up having around like 20, 25 cats at one time. And that I just, I just thought it was a, a dream for me. I just, I love, that's my passion. I just love cats. And that's pretty much where it started. Cause I would just spend so many countless hours uh, trying to tame the feral cats and get them to trust me. And just, that's just kind of where it all started. My love for my love for particularly cats. And then the cat cafe concept started, um, I was a senior at Georgia state and I was 24 at the time. My husband and I got married, went to school. And so we were making our way through school, trying to do something with our lives. And I was in a film class studying any phenomenon in the media. So I picked YouTube cat videos to write my research paper on. And through that paper, I came across the concept of a cat cafe, never heard of it before. And I was super intrigued by it. So I started looking more into it and I was just so drawn to the idea. Honestly, I, if I knew how hard it was going to be, I probably would have done it. And I felt a little crazy at the time knowing like, okay, this is such a far-fetched idea, but I just want to do it. So it's just kind of a blur at this point, but I 
quit school. I left my job. I went to work as a barista at a friend's coffee shop, Ebre Coffee. And I started the long journey of opening Atlanta's first cat cafe. So for your cat cafe, can you just tell me specifically how it all works for folks that might not be really specifically knowledgeable about how the system works with a cat cafe? Yeah. So we're heavily regulated and we are partitioned. So the cats are in a completely separate area than the coffee side. So when you walk in, um, you can definitely see the cats from the outside. Um, they're very good marketers. <laughs> so people always like, oh my gosh, there's cats in there. And they come in to the coffee shop portion, which is a pretty, pretty large coffee shop, very normal looking coffee shop. And you come in and everyone's like asking about the cats, like, how do I get in there? So we charge a small admission fee and the mission helps us um, put it towards cost of caring for the cats while they're here. And that way, 100% of the adoption fee goes straight back to the shelter. So we're supporting the shelter and people can pay the admission fee, grab a cup of coffee and come on into the lounge. And so the cat lounge is the most magical place in um, all of Atlanta. So you sit in a room full of um, sometimes up to 20 cats and you have a whole hour just to chill with the cats and then all of them are up for adoption. And are they all up for adoption with one organization or multiple organizations? Just one. So we work with Paws Atlanta. They're Georgia's oldest non-kill animal shelter. They're out in Decatur. So we work with them um, and that's the only shelter that we work with. So they bring us all of our cats. And you opened in March of 2017? Yes. We opened March 27, 2017. And funny like little tidbit of information I like to tell people is not because we were ready to open on March 27th. We had, I did not have rent for the next month. So we had, I had to open and that's just another entrepreneur like struggle that I went through. It's just like, all right, well, I'm not ready at all, but here we go. <laughs> so, Well, let's actually touch upon that entrepreneurial struggle because there are so many super small nonprofits out there and so in terms of the challenges that you may have faced while opening up your business, many nonprofits face that also that same challenge because they're opening up their businesses, rescuing cats, trying to raise money. So what were some of the things that, that you did and maybe touch upon some of those struggles that you faced in those early days? Yeah, um, I think the struggles in the earlier process of everything was just dealing with the, for the very first time in my life, just the fact of just being a woman and trying to get into the business world was very discouraging. Um, for example, I would call some real estate spots wanting to go and check out the space. And as soon as I feel like they heard my voice, I wouldn't even mention it was a cat cafe. They would, okay, well, we need your financial information. We need, you know, do you need to fax us over this stuff? Like we need to make sure that you're qualified to come and even look at the space. My husband would call the next day. And they're, oh, when, when do you want to come by? Do you want to make an appointment for the suite? Come by and, and check out the space. And I, it just infuriated me that it was blatantly in front of my face being like sexism because I was, I was a woman and, and not to even include the part that I was 24 and it was a cat cafe. So literally combine those three and no one took me seriously. So I started going to Facebook and Instagram and just posting my struggles and uh, being very transparent about what I was going through, how I was feeling. And I think the loyalty behind the Java Cats community came from a lot of the struggles I was going through and just being real with people. I have people that come in like all the time, like, man, I followed you since before you open. And it's just so awesome to like be here and see this come to life because people knew the struggle it was to get this place open. So I, I feel like just that transparency was my, the biggest thing I could have done for the, uh, the following for Java Cats, just 
the loyalty behind the people is just awesome. And so because of that, that's sort of what kept you going and you, you never were willing to give up on the cat cafe concept. Yes. And I, I encourage, so I'm starting a women's entrepreneurship group, um, at Java cats to encourage and just keep accountability for women who want to open their own business, whatever that might look like. And I think one thing I just tell them is like, don't be quiet about your struggles. Don't be quiet about the fear that you, that you feel about, you know, whatever it is that you're facing and just be open and honest with people about the struggle. Cause everyone faces a struggle, but I don't feel like anyone want, really wants to talk about it because they don't want to show weakness. And I think that weakness is strength when it comes to being an entrepreneur. Like if, as long as you can kind of capture that and go to people and humble yourself and get seek help. You never know what kind of mentors you'll get out of the pro the process of opening a business. And yeah, so I think just that, uh, transparency is so, so key. Well, and also those relationships that you build, you never know when they will help you. Um, when I worked with the Merrimack river feline rescue society in our early days, we had a huge amount of support, starting our efforts with the local chamber of commerce. And it was a much smaller community, certainly than Atlanta. But for us, actually, the chamber was really very helpful for us. Yeah, no, no, I could definitely see that. So, I mean, the more connections that you can make, and even as a nonprofit, you still are a business. And people do tend to forget that. And it's important to remember that you are a business just as anybody else is. And it's important to, you know, make those connections because they'll, they'll help you, you know, maybe not this month, but they will down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. Having those phone numbers in your phone is very important. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. Let's make helping cats in your community easier. Join me and over 10 exceptional leaders for the first ever online cat conference. This virtual conference will be held January 26th through 28th, 2018, and will feature speakers like Brian Cordes of Neighborhood Cats, Hannah Shaw, the Kitten Lady, Katie Lisnick of the Humane Society of the United States, Nell Thompson from Getting to Zero in Australia, and many, many more. This is an affordable opportunity to learn from nationally and internationally known leaders in the field of community cat management and care. To find out more details, please go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and sign up today to register. Fees go up on December 1st. Let's make helping cats easier in your community. You, though, used a tool that... Um, isn't isn't used much in the nonprofit world, but it's certainly used in the business world a lot. But it is a crowdfunding campaign. So you used Kickstarter to help with raising some of your early funds. Why did you choose to go that route? And was that looking back a good thing to do? Um, so I have mixed feelings with Kickstarter, if I'm honest. Um, I feel like because I, I just wanted to get Java Cats open and uh, I realized how much money was on the line. I know there's grants out there, but it's like you have to literally dig for them. And that's another reason why with the entrepreneurship group, I want to find those things together. And that way we can help other women streamline that process. But for me, I didn't have money readily available. So I did Kickstarter one because I wanted the publicity of, hey, a cat cafe is coming because at the time, another cat cafe had announced and that one took so much of the publicity and magazines and radio. Everything was covering that one. And no one, again, no one took me seriously. So I was kind of in, on the back burner of 
yeah, yeah, there's another one coming. It's not going to be you. So with Kickstarter, I wanted to set a lofty goal and I wanted to, um, you know, gain some publicity from that. And I did. And that I will say in that aspect, Kickstarter was great because as soon as we hit our goal, which was over $21,000, it was great. We were all in all of our magazines. People saw that this was actually happening because once you put that much money in and people trust you with that money, like it's, you're going for it. So I think that gave the community confidence, like, okay, this, this girl is actually doing it. But other than that, the taxes are revolving around Kickstarter. It's, I feel like that's kind of, it's not fun to talk about, but I do think it's kind of not, you have to kind of look into it to see how many taxes actually come out of the Kickstarter, your taxes income, and then you have credit card fees and the Kickstarter takes 5%. So at the end of the day, you have to buy, you know, the rewards. It, you don't really get as much money as you actually raise. So I think in that aspect, I, I, I would encourage it depending on the circumstance or what, what you're raising money for. But for me, it was more just to get my name out there and let people know, Hey, I'm for, I'm serious about doing this. Right. So it's important in any crowdfunding software that you use is really to truly understand the fees that are involved. Yes. I think the fees, but I also think when you are dealing with other people's money, when they're giving you money for something, you have to follow through. I mean, that's, People are trusting you with their, you know, they're giving you a certain amount because they want to see you succeed. So I think having the pressure of that too <laughs> was a little, it, it kind of weighed a lot um, and just getting everything done in a timely manner. So I think um, there's a lot of, I, I have a video that I'm going to post on YouTube about like the do's and don'ts of Kickstarter and the way, the things that I learned, the, the bunch of little, little things that I learned that would be very helpful if someone wanted to do a Kickstarter. That's fantastic. And, um, you know, there have been some other people too, who have done some Kickstarter campaigns too, um, that have been profiled on the community cats podcast. And we'll, we'll get those links in the show notes from referencing those shows. So Hayden, you had mentioned uh, earlier when we were talking before I hit the record button about the fact that you have a really interesting partnership um, helping to employ the homeless folks in Atlanta or working, partnering with a nonprofit. Can you tell me specifically what the relationship was with regards to that? Yeah. So I was actually um, doing videography and photography for a nonprofit called The Gathering Industries two years before Java Caps was even a thought in my mind. So when I was looking into, okay, I actually have this business platform that can do a lot of good in the community. Like, let me add more good to that. And I'm like, it, they would be so perfect to partner with. So I reached out to them as a mentor and to let them know I wanted to use them for their food. Um, we can't make, we can't prepare food on site. So I needed an offsite vendor anyways. Um, I just thought they'd be so perfect. So they, uh, partner with the Atlanta mission and they take uh, homeless individuals and they train them in the culinary arts. So they can get jobs in the restaurant industry. And instead of getting a handout, they're getting a hand up and they can go find jobs and sustain themselves. So they get paid to work in a kitchen where they make the food that we receive. Um, and they work for a lot of other like conferences and companies. So they're, they're getting their name out there, but I definitely think partnering with us was probably one of the biggest things for them. So that's fantastic. So you have like pre-made either sandwiches or other items, and then you sell your, you make your coffee right there and drinks. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So you like your beverage location, you go in, you get your beverage, you get your, your food, but then you, can you take your food into the cat lounge or no? Yes, you can. So it's all at your own risk, but you can take your drinks and food into the cat lounge. And so then if you have your tuna fish sandwich in the cat lounge, you enter at your own risk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the cats might jump you, but <laughs> it's at your own risk. <laughs> so I think that sounds like a, a lot of fun and, and it's very exciting. In one of my earlier episodes, I interviewed, uh, uh, Kate Benjamin, who is a fantastic cat furniture designer, 
guru person. And she has this fantastic dream that we are going to have like cat cafes all around the country and that cat cafes will actually be more important to sort of the cat world at large than our shelters even to a certain degree. Do you see that trend potentially happening? A hundred percent. I I really think we've already doubled. We've only been opening eight months and we've already doubled the adoption rate um, for cats with uh, paws in Atlanta. So I think the I, where people can see them because we're a coffee shop. So they come in either looking to adopt or not looking to adopt and they're surprised by the cats there. So it, it's immediately just the, the natural exposure that happens at a cafe is so amazing for these cats. And it's gone. I mean, it's, it's proven itself that the cats get more exposure than they would at a shelter. Sometimes I think the shelters can be a scary or a sad environment because you're like, I want to get the cats, you know, I want to help this animal. But here, it's more of like a playground for the cats. I mean, they, you walk in, you don't feel bad for a single cat that's here. You're like, man, I feel bad for taking this cat from here. So I think just creating a relaxing environment where people don't feel the pressure to adopt, but they can come and enjoy cats. I think it's just, it's just better and a better environment all around. And I, I hope cat cafes pop up all over the country and create this, this environment that changes from the shelter. Cause I feel like shelters get overwhelmed with how many cats and dogs come in. But I think the cat cafes can kind of change that mentality of, you know, this is a playground for them. People can come and relax. And I just, yeah, I think it's honestly a game changer. Now, do you have special events? I know that kitten yoga has become really popular these days and that kind of thing. So do you ever do special activities and those kinds of things? Yeah. So uh, the, one of the fun parts for me is just be able to do all kinds of events that <clears throat> I think about. So we did a clothing, a women's clothing swap here. We had over 120 Women come out and participate. We've done game nights and we've done a paint class. So we've done a movie night and we've done a documentary series here. So it's just a lot of fun to, to bring the community together with all different types of interests and just support the cause that we're doing. And it's just, yeah, it's been a lot of fun doing different events. That's great. Hayden, are, if folks are interested in finding out more about Java Cats Cafe or if they want to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so I am very active on Instagram. I um, Instagram live all the time. So people around the country and around the world know our cats. So I would highly recommend following us on Instagram, which is just at Java Cats Cafe and on Facebook as well. So Facebook Java Cats Cafe and then Twitter we're also on. But I would say definitely if you want to see our cats and get to know um, the passion behind Java Cats, Instagram is the best way to contact us. That's fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I think if you live in a city where you do have a, your own cat cafe, go and support your local cat cafe. It's so, so important for these for a small business to thrive, especially with what we're doing here with saving cats. Support your local cat cafe. And if you don't have one, think about putting one in your city because it's helping our community cats. And that's what we all should be, <laughs> what we all should be doing in some ways. Well, Hayden, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And, and I want to uh, reach out to our listeners and wish everybody a happy and safe holiday season. Awesome. The Community Cats podcast will soon be a year old with over 200 episodes profiling amazing people who are all making a difference in the lives of community cats. If you would like to support the show, but not be a sponsor, feel free to contribute to our efforts by going to www.communitycatspodcast.com and follow the donate link. Help us to continue to provide excellent programming. 